calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lightspeed. Hello, and welcome to the Lightspeed Magazine Story Podcast. I am your host, Jim Freund. Lightspeed Magazine is edited by John Joseph Adams, and our podcast is produced by Skyboat Media. Today's story is Beautiful Boys by Theodora Goss, narrated by Gabrielle DeCure. This story is copyright 2012 by Theodora Goss. It was originally published in Asimov Science Fiction and is used here with permission of the author. Theodora Goss was born in Hungary and spent her childhood in various European countries before her family moved to the United States. Although she grew up in the classics of English literature, her writing has been influenced by Eastern European literary tradition in which the boundaries between realism and the fantastic are often ambiguous. Her publications include the short story collection In the Forest of Forgetting, Interfictions, a short story anthology co-edited with Delia Sherman, Voices from Fairyland, a poetry anthology with critical essays and a selection of her own poems, and The Thorn in the Blossom, a novella in a two-sided accordion format. She has been a finalist for the Nebula, Locus, Crawford, and Mythopoic Awards, as well as on the Tip Tree Honor List, and has won the World Fantasy Award. And now, buckle up. We're going to light speed. Beautiful Boys by Theodora Goss You know who I'm talking about. You can see them on Sunday afternoons in places like Knoxville, Tennessee, or Flagstaff, Arizona, playing pool, or with their elbows on the bar, drinking a beer before they head out into the dusty sunlight and get into their pickups onto their motorcycles. Some of them have dogs. Some of their dogs wear bandanas around their necks. Some of them, before they leave, put a quarter into the jukebox 
and dance slowly with the waitresses, the pretty one and then the other one. Then they drive or ride down the road, heading over the mountains or through the desert, toward the next town. And one of the waitresses, the other one, the brunette who is a little chubby, feels a sharp ache in her chest, like the constriction that begins a panic attack. Beautiful boys is a technical as well as a descriptive term. Think of them as another species. Pueri pulcri. Pueri pulcri cormeum furati sunt. The beautiful boys have stolen my heart. They look like the models in cigarette ads, lean, muscular, as though they can work with their hands, as though they had shaved yesterday, as though they had just ridden a horse in a cattle drive or dug a trench with a backhoe. They smell of aftershave and cigarette smoke. That night, when she makes love to her boyfriend, who works at the gas station, the other waitress will think of him. She and her boyfriend have been together since high school. She will imagine making love to him instead of her boyfriend, the smell of aftershave and cigarettes, the feel of his skin under her hands, smooth and muscled, the rasp of his stubble as he kisses her. She will imagine him entering her and cry aloud, and her boyfriend will congratulate himself. Afterward, she will stare into the darkness and cry silently until she falls asleep on the damp pillow. Would statistics help? They range from 5'11 to 6'2, between 165 and 195 pounds. They can be any race, any color. They often finish high school, but seldom finish college. On a college campus, they have almost unlimited access to what they need, fertile women, but they seldom stay for more than a couple of semesters. They are more likely than human males to engage in criminal activities. They sell drugs, rob liquor stores and banks, but are seldom rapists. Sex, for them, is a matter of survival. They need to ensure that the seed has been planted. They seldom hold jobs for more than six months at a time. You can see them on construction sites, working as ranch hands in video stores, anything temporary. They seldom marry, and those marriages inevitably end in desertion or divorce. They move on quickly. They always move on I believe that on this planet, their lifespan is approximately seven years. I've never seen a beautiful boy older than 29. Oscar Guest is not his real name. He had all the characteristics. Tall, brown skin, high cheekbones, a mixture of Mexican and American Indian ancestry, Black hair pulled back into a ponytail. Black eyes with the sort of lashes that sell romance novels or perfume. 
He was wearing a T-shirt printed with the logo of a rock band and faded jeans. I hear you're paying $300 to participate in a study, he said. It's a lot of money, particularly considering our grant. But we choose our test subjects carefully. They have to fit the physical and aesthetic criteria. Male, 5'11 to 6'2", 165 to 195 pounds, unusually attractive. Even then, only about 2% of those we test are beautiful boys. I could tell he was one of them at once. I've developed a sort of sensitivity. But, of course, that identification would have to be verified by testing. Sometimes the beautiful boy doesn't move on immediately. Sometimes he stays around after the dance. He gets a job in construction, starts dating the pretty waitress. If she insists, they might even get married. By the time he leaves, she's pregnant. As far as we know, beautiful boys mate and reproduce like human males. Based on anecdotal evidence, we suspect they're superior lovers, but that data has not been verified. We are writing a grant to study their reproductive cycle. However, we are still at the stage of identifying them, of convincing the general population that they are here, among us, an alien species. We always perform the standard tests, blood tests, skin, and hair analysis. Beautiful boys are physiologically identical to human males, but show a higher incidence of drug use. They typically have lower body fat, more lean muscle. I have known some to live on a diet of Cheetos and beer. They don't need to diet or exercise. It's as though their metabolism is supercharged. What Oscar used to eat. Cocoa puffs with milk, orange juice from concentrate, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, leftover pizza, Oreos, beer. Although I have no statistical evidence, I believe beautiful boys need more carbohydrates than human males. Once, at night, I walked into the kitchen and saw him standing in front of the open refrigerator in his boxer briefs, drinking maple syrup from the jug. He showed up at my house. Hey, Dr. Leslie. It's me, Oscar, he said when I opened the door. I was wondering if there's anything else I can do for the study. My landlord just kicked me out, and I don't have money for another place. Why did he kick you out? I asked. It was 2 a.m. I stood at my door in my pajamas and a robe, trying not to yawn. I got in a fight. A fight? You mean in the apartment? Yeah, he said. With the wall. He showed me his bloody fists. I told him to come in and cleaned his knuckles, then bandaged them. 
How much have you been drinking? I asked. A lot, he said. He looked sober, although he smelled like beer. Beautiful boys have a higher-than-average tolerance for alcohol. That metabolism, again. You can spend the rest of the night on the sofa, I said. Tomorrow you'll have to find a new apartment. The next morning, I woke up to the smell of pancakes. He was in the kitchen, fixing the screen door that had always stuck. Hey, Dr. Leslie, he said. I made you pancakes. How come you don't have a man around to fix this door? Beautiful lady like you. My husband decided that he preferred graduate students, I said. Seriously? What an idiot. Well, this door should work a lot better now. Anything else you want me to fix around here? The pancakes were stacked on a plate on the kitchen table. I sat down, poured syrup over them, and started to eat. I have devised a test that identifies beautiful boys with 98% accuracy. I believe beautiful boys emit a particular set of pheromones to attract human women. I do not know whether this is a conscious or unconscious process. We put the test subject in an empty room. My research assistant, a blonde tri-delt, enters the room and asks the test subject a series of questions. The questions themselves are irrelevant. What is your favorite color? If you could be an animal, what would you be? A statistically significant number of beautiful boys identified themselves as predators, wolves or mountain lions. After he has answered the questions, we inform the test subject that he has been enrolled in the study and give him the study T-shirt. In exchange for the shirt he is currently wearing, we take that shirt and put it in a sterile plastic bag. Later, three testers smell the T-shirt and rate their sexual arousal on a scale of one to ten. Human males typically elicit no more than a five. Beautiful boys average in the seven to nine range. Our testers are all female. I have found that the best testers are brunette, a little chubby, nearsighted. They are the most responsive to the chemicals that beautiful boys emit. Why have they come to Earth? Well, for the same reason, aliens always come to Earth in old science fiction movies. Mars needs women. Where is their home planet? I'm not sure even they know. Sometimes Oscar would stare off into space and I would say, What are you thinking about? He would say, eh, Just a place I used to play when I was a kid. Then he would roll over and say, Hey, how about it? Are you up for a quickie? He was a superior lover. I do not, of course, know if that is a characteristic of all beautiful boys or unique to Oscar. I think of him sometimes when I'm alone at night. His smooth brown skin, mostly hairless, 
with the muscles articulated underneath. The black eyes looking down into mine. He would grin, kiss the tip of my nose. He was always affectionate, like a puppy. One day, he brought me flowers he'd stolen from the college's botanical gardens. Oh, you really shouldn't have, I said. I mean, seriously. I know, he said. But that's what makes it fun. One day, he came to me and said, Dr. Leslie, I've got to go. My dad down in Tampa is sick, and I need to take care of him for a while. I didn't tell him, you don't have a father in Tampa. You landed here on an alien spaceship with others of your kind. Where? I don't know. Give me your father's address, I said. I'll send you some books. He scribbled an address down on a slip of paper. We made love one last time. It was like all the other times. Intimate, affectionate, effective. Like being made love to by a combination of teenage boy, 18th century libertine, and robot. Then I gave him $500, and he drove off in his pickup. A week later, I missed my period. I was angry with myself, told myself I should have been more careful. Although I suppose my therapist would tell me that I unconsciously wanted this to happen. I found a phone number for the address in Tampa. It was a bicycle repair shop where they had never heard of Oscar Guest. The study has three stages. The first one, nearly complete, involves devising a test to identify beautiful boys. That test has been devised with 98% accuracy. We are in the process of writing up our results. The second stage, for which we are currently seeking funding, focuses on understanding their reproductive cycle. We believe beautiful boys belong to a species that only produces males. To reproduce, they depend on the females of other species. In order to spread their genes and avoid inbreeding, they leave the planet on which they were born and travel to another planet, where they transform themselves into particularly appealing males of the target species. They travel around that planet, implanting their offspring. The third stage focuses on the offspring they produce with human women. What are these children like? We do not know when beautiful boys first began coming to Earth, although we suspect their presence as far back as the early 20th century. There were probably beautiful boys seducing women in both world wars, in Korea, in Vietnam. There are certainly alien children among us. We should find out as much about them as we can. I'm going to call him Oscar Jr. I didn't need the ultrasound to tell me that he was a boy. Of course he would be. What will my Oscar be like? Will he play with matchbox cars? 
Will he watch Scooby-Doo? Someday, will he ask about his father? We don't know what happens to the children of beautiful boys, which is why completing the third phase of the study is so important. We don't know if some of them have the lifespan of human males or if they all repeat the reproductive cycle of their fathers. Will Oscar go to college, settle down with a nice brunette, have my grandchildren? Or, after high school, after we have argued because he's been smoking pot again and he's told me that he needs to find himself, waving a battered copy of On the Road, will he drive to the mountains, find the ship with others of his kind, fly to another planet and become whatever the women want there, green with six arms and gills like something out of an old science fiction movie? I don't know. I think I would love him, even with six arms and gills. I think of them sometimes, all the beautiful boys, driven to reproduce as salmon are driven to spawn, driving across the country like an enormous net whose knots are bars, cheap apartments, college dorm rooms. And because I'm a scientist, I'm comforted by what science teaches us, that life is infinitely stranger than we can understand, that its patterns are beyond our comprehension, but that they tie us to the stars and to each other inextricably like a net. Welcome back. You've been listening to Gabrielle DeCure reading Beautiful Boys by Theodora Goss. We hope you enjoyed it. If so, please help spread the word by leaving a review or rating at iTunes or the social media venue of your choice. Lightspeed Magazine is edited by John Joseph Adams. If you are not already a subscriber to our Hugo Award-winning magazine, check out our many options at lightspeedmagazine.com slash subscribe. Skyboat Media, the most respected independent audio production team on the West Coast, produces the stories for this podcast. They are headed by the Audi and Grammy Award-winning narrators Stefan Rudnicki and Gabrielle DeCure. Check out their website at skyboatmedia.com. Music and sound logos are composed and performed by Jack Kincaid. Post-production for Lightspeed is in association with yours truly. Lightspeed Year One includes all of the podcasts from Lightspeed's first year. This audiobook story collection is available from audible.com as well as downpour.com. Just search for Lightspeed and you're on your way. Our podcast this week is sponsored by our friends at Tor. This podcast is copyright 2015 by Lightspeed Magazine. Thanks for listening. That's all for now. See you on the Bitstream. I'm Jim Freund, wishing you cheers from all of us at Lightspeed.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.